0: Welcome to Radio Bunchy, brought to you by a community of creatives in Dubai. I'm your host, Mohammed Ali. As a recovering human quote unquote resource professional, I've continued to be fascinated by the shifting economic landscape and its impact on the future of work. In our first episode, I get to chat with Richie, co-founder and director of Orikami Labs about her journey into freelancing followed by successful entrepreneurship. In the first half, Richie takes us through her personal and professional journey in the design field and what led to her escape from the world of corporate employment. In the second half, we touch upon challenges particular to Dubai and tips for succeeding in this new future of work. Without further ado, here's Richie.
1: Hi, my name is Richie, and I'm the co-founder and design director of Orikami Lab. I have been in UAE for the past 25 years, so all the way since kindergarten, to high school, to college, to getting married, to having kids, happened all in UAE. So apart from being a citizen, this is pretty much my home, not India. I have a graphic design background, but what I do with Orikami Lab is design that transformations. I think the thinking and practice and application of design can help position companies in a more future forward way, mm. keeping people at the center. So, the formula can work with anyone. It can work with a startup, it can work with the government. The toolkit just keeps on changing and adapting. Mm. And that's the fun and joy of it. Uh, this profile of Oikami Lab was triggered by my visit to Sao Paulo. I was part of an urban design project over there where they wanted creatives to come to come from all over the world, celebrate the FIFA spirit and also work with the mayor of Sao Paulo to urbanize the city better and better his relationship with the residents mm. over there, especially when they had to be the hosts to millions of people worldwide, um, amidst a lot of chaos and tensions. So that kind of exposed me to whole to the whole design thinking phenomenon and you know immersive research and storytelling, and people still labeled it as design, which is fascinating Hmm. because in UAE, design is more of a factory assembly process. If you can resize really well, you're an amazing designer. If you want anything more prosperous than that, you become an art director. So there's a... There is a, a kind of a vacuum between the respect and the position of a graphic designer here as compared to worldwide interesting you know so So, yeah I mean and that's what my journey has been is to you know kind of become an ambassador on the potential and the power of design and use that in my conversations with everyone that I meet because I have seen the downside of it uh, from my demographic from where I'm from um, from how I entered you know, the industry, the agencies I've worked with, I've seen the way they approach you and they profile you mm. and they designate you with such a, a certain, like, um, box which you can't really sprout out from. So the whole jump from Aurekami Lab had to happen when I had a lot of chips on my shoulder and it came out as in my ego getting bruised. And that's how it started. It was more mm. like a revenge call that this is not who I am and I need to prove it to you
0: interesting okay
1: whereas then i had to start proving it to myself and then i had to start making sure that this is not something that i want to sell off or get acquired hmm. i wanted this to be a legacy i wanted this something to be like 30 years down the line our coming lab still exists but let's say in Moise. you know wow. that's my dream that's my vision i that's don't an want anyone vision. to acquire our come labs. So it's like a little baby it's something that's uh, emotionally attached to me so yeah those are the different aspects of who Richie is Uh, if I start from my upbringing you know it was a very old fashioned Indian family uh, three choreographs business engineering or being a doctor and it was all shaped out for me I never knew what I wanted I was always creatively inclined how so? sketching painting and that's only because my mom pushed me so I was basically someone who just obeyed did as instructed and really did not think about what was next in my life. Uh, went to Canada for engineering.
0: Okay, What's, what, what kind is, of engineering?
1: Uh, I actually had no idea because you apply with a specialization mm. which was chemical engineering because my okay. dad wanted me to be the third generation engineer and follow mm. my <laughs> grandfather's footsteps. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, but what happens is that when you start undergrad you can change your specialization. Mm. And that's where things were getting very foggy for me, because it's so different, even from the educational background that I came from. I came from Shorfat, okay. which was a very theoretical, book-friendly syllabus. You only entered, let's say, a chemistry lab three months before you graduated high school.
0: So you, Check the mark, check the box sort of exercise? Or, yeah, okay. yeah,
1: you know, options. And then you go to, you know, a place like Queens University in Canada, mm. where they say, screw the books. Hmm. you know go make a chess table with a saw and hammer and I'm like I was never allowed to touch that you know just like okay. this cultural shift which did not help with my lack of confidence since I was a very shy insecure low esteem I was bullied heavily in school hmm. so it this was all very overwhelming for me being there so far from home did not know anyone no family made some friends but they all were serious about what they wanted So I was like, okay, now the seriousness is creeping into my life, Hmm. but I'm not sure what's next, you know? That time I actually started dating someone who was a graphic designer. So my role over there was to, you know, give feedback, you know, look at his work. Uh, He needed some input from me, and I was not sure what input he needed. But I would just look at it as if, do I like it, do I not like it? It's like a black and white uh, kind of a thing for me. A yes or no. But I started thinking about it. So I shifted from actually going on to hands on to being more observant. Hmm. Because I was exposed to uh, what he was learning in India. And I never knew that design was actually a serious profession. Hmm. I thought you would do that to vent out stress. You know, you come back home from a rough day of work, just paint out something, hmm. be happy, cook something, and sleep off. Yeah. You know, yeah. like. And it was weird, because that time also in Abu Dhabi, where I stayed, interior designing was not a big deal. Uh, They used to get projects used to come from, you know, USA or UK or Europe. So there were not many big firms over here either, where they were showing any prominence. So, well, that happened, and then I failed from engineering, because, of course, I was lost. And my parents lost faith in me. So they decided I'd need to go to a local college in Dubai. Mm which was Manipal University in academic city. Now those guys, they loved my high school grades, you know, because <laughs> I, as Indian as I was, I was easy in memorizing text. They're like, you they are amazing, just pick any course you yeah. want, we just need you here. Yeah. And I saw business commerce, and I'm like, marketing is as creative as it gets, so I'm gonna yeah. marketing. And they're like, you know what, sorry, it's fully blocked, okay. but we can offer you media. So in media, I studied radio, broadcasting, PR, advertising, wow. sound design, a TV, motion design, 3D, and then graphic design. Okay. And then when I started graphic design, I was like, holy shit, this is what I want to do.
0: Yeah.
1: But I was not happy with the syllabus. I was, uh, you know, because I saw what my boyfriend was doing, I'm like, this is completely shit. They were basically going to, a, you know, a forum online, downloading tutorials, and kind of like, passing uh, it over to the students okay. and I'm like, this is as productive as nothing. Mm. At that point, I had, as soon as I realized what I wanted to do, my self-awareness kind of cleared up. You know, I understood my strengths and my weaknesses, my pluses and minuses and I was like, I want to become a graphic designer
0: okay.
1: and I know there's some agencies over here too because my boyfriend was interning I'm like, you know, there's Saatchi and Saatchi, Y&R, these are the big wigs, that's it. That's my dream. But I was not happy with the college syllabus. So what I did, I took all of my boyfriend's assignments, all of his exams, and I started applying it myself. My parents are part of a spiritual organization over here called Art of Living. Mm-hmm. Over there, they ask for a lot of volunteer programs, which have projects. So I kind of did free freelancing gigs for three years in college. Wow. Okay. So I kind of had to like, step up for myself. Like, mm. Once I knew what I wanted, I was like, I need to do it. I need to stop depending on people because it's not gonna happen that way I got my portfolio but uh, you know at that time the opportunities in the market were not that great and they were like fresh graduate meant you know resizing text or you know posters and it was not as formidable as the assignments you would get in college and suddenly you feel like you're so creative yeah into this is it
0: huh.
1: <laughs> is that it is yeah this is I, what i worked for yeah exactly and i and i not think of going abroad because i was getting married hmm. i was settling down over here so that kind of limited my options so then i joined a retail brand called makyaji they're a makeup brand over here i started with editing barcode numbers okay which was as de-glamorizing <laughs> as it could get for a designer. Exactly you know? like it
0: sounds,
1: yeah. Yeah, and, but over the span of three and a half years with them, I started with editing barcodes to designing stores, to designing packaging, to designing products, to designing advertising campaigns, to styling their brand ambassador, Mariam Forrest. Mm. So good thing we working with on the client side was I was exposed to all the different opportunities and projects a designer can interact with. Okay. So then my portfolio became more diverse, but it only had one client, mm. which is not good for a designer. Because if you want to show a portfolio, you need to name drop. <laughs> and there the are no spectrum. global name drops. Yeah. So I, and then I decided that as a designer, if I need to grow, I cannot grow on the client side. I need to finally enter the advertising industry over here. But it's quite closed up. Okay. Now, when I was interning, I was able to do what we call VASTA, you know, have someone recommend me. Right. And one of the very rare things that happens over here is in Indian family, if you're from a well-off background, mm. you have to state it in either oh. with what you wear okay. or, you know, or the bag or the accent. So they feel like, okay, this is not someone who's just come from India to work for their family. Okay. So they take you seriously. So his internships were amazing, but then I decided that in my professional life, I need to do this on my own. I can't use my father's name or my f- uncle's names or no one. And that's where I got a reality check.
0: Ah, interesting. You know,
1: because they were like, you're Indian and you're a female, mm. so your salary can only cap this much. So if your peer of the same experience is yeah. also a female, but let's say she's from Portugal, mm. you probably get a 20% cap higher than you.
0: Wow, okay.
1: But it, and that was set to my face.
0: They were very transparent about this. They
1: were very transparent about that. But they're like, you know, but we can get you to the Indian clients because you can speak to them in their language. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry, but that's not where I come from.
0: Right.
1: But okay, do I need to work with this? Uh, that exposed me to a very messy culture. So mm-hmm. it went back to not me being a designer at all, but me kind of politically handling clients. Uh, I was exposed to money being exchanged at the table, mm. clients being purchased.
0: Oh, wow, okay. You know,
1: so I got to see the gritty side of yeah. handling an agency. Uh, the founders were prominent figures, mm. which was quite surprising mm. that, you know, they and would reach was to that on. level. Yeah. And that kind of like ruins your ambition a bit because you get a little confused that. Mm. If you go so high to end up dealing with the self-culture, is it worth it? Okay. Uh, if this is what the existing market paradigm is, do I want to even work in this
0: yeah.
1: current paradigm? So I walked out of that place because I was like, this is no way going to work for Not me. For it, me. It, yeah, it, no, and it kind of, you know, when you see that and you see the way they speak it was more politically handled mm. uh it was not about the work you do or the people that are there the culture that is there uh nothing of that so it's more about how much money have you brought in what are your billable hours
0: okay.
1: and i could see that okay these things are also po- probably impossibly important too but you don't get exposed to that in college right,
0: right right right
1: in college they want to make you the best creative version of yourself right But I can say that now, that is not the only important thing, you know, that is not, you can't make your way, you can't become a successful designer if you're only creative. Mm. You need to be able to speak for it. You need to be an individual that commands that conversation around what you present with all those individuals. It's more like being a lobbyist. and a psychologist because you need to understand how these people think Mm. and tune your conversation that it works for them
0: so break it down for me what were a few lessons you had to learn to make that transition from I don't want to work in this space to I can understand this space and I can do work
1: one thing I had to make myself realize is that I cannot um, assess myself the way other people assessed me
0: Could you tell me a bit more about that?
1: It's, uh, you know, especially when it comes to negotiations. Okay. You know, when you see the way they look at you and the way they deal at you, that kind of confuses you as a creative. Mm. And you feel like, you hope that the work you've done speaks for itself. But if you look at it from the management end, they feel like, okay, you know, she's a designer of such a position but we need to make it a bit more cost-effective. And they turn it into a conversation where you end up doubting yourself. Hmm. And that kind of devalues who you are as an individual, along with the work you've actually done that has contributed to you sitting on the other end of the table. So I had to tell myself, because I, as a co-founder of Our Economy Lab, have to be face to face with management, with the C-suite people. So I had to be very, very sure of what I was asking from it, what I wanted to take away from that table and be very, very confident to say no. As a designer, you're so scared to say no because you feel like the more they use you, mm. the more important you might be in an agency. That is how it is done over here. I'm talking about regional designers. The people who are brought in from abroad, which happens many a times, uh, let's say senior creatives onwards, are um, Arab expats, Europeans, British, they are at the top tier level. And they are conversed with very, very differently. Because there's a certain respect from coming down from another country. But that is the grassroots culture in UAE Mm. period. That is what you see, that is a pattern. Even it comes on the government level. if They've needed help, they've looked outside. Mm. They have not thought about the ecosystem over here. Yeah. Only recently they've started thinking about it because they need to have a local representative. And I'm saying it's only limited to Emirati and Arab expats, not even the second or third tier expats mm. over here. So yeah, the one thing was you know, having that self-validation being confident in saying no and willing to take risks because, uh, and I think that comes down to the natural temperament, right? Because if you so, you feel like you have a plan made in life and Mm -hmm. when that kind of goes off trajectory, uh, it kind of blanks you out for a temporary period of time. Uh, You know, it projects doubt into everything that you do. You have to take a step back from it this career and being a designer is so emotionally attuned because you kind of attach your emotions to all the work that you've created, the Mm. people you meet, you invest yourself into all the projects. So you have to keep that wall between the work you do and who you are as an individual Mm. because the rejections are high, you know. You get rejected almost every day. But you have to make yourself vulnerable. You are the one who has to be persistent. Mm. Uh, the work will not come knocking at the door. You are ha- the one who has to go out there, show your face, present yourself. Yeah. Make yourself vulnerable to whatever criticism or even a claim that you might get. Mm. So I had to get out of that box because as a designer also you attach your cubicle, you get a certain stage of the full project that you have to repeatedly do again and again. I had to step out of that, look at the big picture suddenly, see all the variables and factors and tension and uh, the team management and the resources that you have to look into before even deciding what's the idea.
0: Mm.
1: So it's it's actually been a learning curve from stepping out of that shell, which is what I think Full-time employee is like you want to be safe.
0: Yeah. If
1: you're calling yourself employee, you're saying I I'd rather be safe because I need the money.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: You know, as an entrepreneur, you understand the financial risks, but you're ready to show yourself to the world. You're ready to be like, this is who I am. These are my pluses. These are my minuses. But you can take some value from me, and I can probably take some value from you too. Uh, and it's so different, being even a design entrepreneur. I always tell this to uh, my tech entrepreneur friends. I'm like, you have a product to fall back on. I was like, As a service provider, like a doctor, hmm. the individuals are the ones who are of value. Right. So you have to constantly reassess yourself, improve yourself. Right. Always focus on your mistakes. I mean, it's so easy to prototype, let's say, this tool that I'm looking at rather than prototyping myself as an individual how do you prototype an individual that is the transition between an employee to an entrepreneur
0: so I really like your uh, analogy of being safe in your shell so in terms of your journey from being safe in that shell yeah what were the cracks that you had to form the pressure that you applied outward to be able to escape the shell
1: I was thrown out of the shell
0: you were thrown out of the shell wow okay so so that was your crucible, essentially. Yes.
1: Between me and my husband, I was the one who wanted to keep things safe. I always had a safety net principle. Uh, with him, we had already started two startups. One was an online t-shirt store, another one was uh, editorial magazine, cool. which both had failed. Okay. But he's the one who wanted to take the step, and I was yeah. like, I'll help you out, but I need to keep this job so we have the money coming in. Right. Right. That was my attitude. Right but either there was it was I not really had a mentor in my life so my mm. relationship with my seniors and my bosses were quite rough and when it came to a point where I was like you are seriously disrespecting me that caused me to take the next step Okay. so the final step was me actually getting fired from JWT because they had a management restructuring mm. and I was the last one in so I was the first one out and I'm like this is bullshit. In college I was thinking (laughs) these big agencies was my dream and when I and actually when I entered JWT I was like this is not what I was expecting. Mm. I was expecting to be inspired, to mentor, you know to learn. I was always a student Mm. Uh, even in my career I always wanted to learn more and more and more about different topics not just about you know improving my software skills but also about okay what's happening in medicine now what's happening in agriculture how can that inspire me yeah yeah, exactly so when i got fired i'm like this is this is like fuck life i (laughs) swear to god like i'm being safe and playing by the rules and i've reached an agency that my peers are like i envy you but it's actually not that
0: how far into your career was this
1: So like six seven years in. okay
0: so a good amount of time yeah, yeah and
1: in JWT I was handling work for JWT Bahrain mm. as long as even Nike and Microsoft and Heineken over here yeah there the career director who was with me he was amazing yeah. uh, he actually the feedback he gave me about myself in one of the assessments actually structured my description about myself you so know? this is
0: the, the sort of seed
1: this is one of the seeds you know yeah. it, I never used to force myself to rethink or recollect or like meditate
0: the reflection into, you know
1: and, yeah. like Richie are you happy where you are right mm. now no it's like you're getting the money right the pattern you see
0: that's that matters <laughs> I mean so many of my <laughs>
1: friends who have full time jobs they get to travel they get to do other things
0: mm.
1: for them it's full time job plus what do I do from six PM to two AM.
0: Okay. That's
1: the hour of focus. Mm. But as an entrepreneur it's twenty four seven. Mm. Okay, what do I do now? What's next? What's next? The hustle right. just keeps on right. happening. It's twenty right. four seven on. For them, you know, nine PM to six nine AM to six PM is automated. Right. And then from six PM to two AM they're like, I'm gonna write a book or I'm gonna start, you know, stitching bags, yeah. starting my own fashion brand. Yeah. You know, they have two versions of themselves, which recently it has been allowed. Uh, A lot of management and co-founders have felt that if we allow employees to invest in their habits and their passions, they might be more happier in their full-time positions. So over there, they've been able to get the money in, plus work on what interests them. But I think as an entrepreneur, it's not that satisfying. You look at the freedom, you look at uh ownership of what you do no not co-cutting co-crediting it to anyone else that you might even disagree with or might not have control over uh but those were things you know in my that i had to live with you know have i have ideas stolen from me over a cup of coffee or pitch uh, myself to someone else So when I got fired, I'm like, this is, this, is, this is ridiculous and I need to start over. And I was like, what did I actually enjoy? And I was like, I enjoyed sitting with the client face to face.
0: Yeah.
1: Which I remember doing in college when I was freelancing for free. I'm like, you know what, I'm going to start freelancing. I have the visa and honestly, I don't need the money now because my husband was being so successful. I'm like, I can pick and choose. I mm. need to have ownership because I have to decide What works, what doesn't work. So I got to freelance with a couple of agencies. But even then, you know, for them, it mattered more was how cheap can you get the designer. I'm like, guys, this conversation is not important.
0: Mm.
1: And slowly that got me to realize that I could see what I I wanted and I knew the environment I wanted to frame. And then having a conversation with my husband and my brother, who both are the most craziest takers, <laughs> I, I have no idea the kind of decisions they come up with yeah. every day, and I have to like <laughs> battle my head, and lose my hair over it, and they were like, why don't you start your own thing? You know, yeah. you went to Sao Paulo, and you had this amazing project, you, went, you know, you were part of, why don't you bring that over here?
0: Yeah.
1: But you see, I was always a student, so I was like, me becoming a leader is quite, that was my perception, right? Because that is the projection you get as an employee. They right. feel like, oh, it's all going to happen because your, boss, your immediate senior is going to stay there for the next five to seven years. Mm. You'll get a yearly raise of 200 oh. dirhams. You know, you're set here. Right,
0: right. Live just follow, it. follow the path. Yeah,
1: exactly. But they're like, no, no, just try it. What do you have to lose? You, know, you have your safety net. Uh, just think about it. Figure out a plan. So then I did a bit of traveling regionally, you know, exploring, seeing what agencies are out there, new formats, small boutiques. Uh, Mullerboy and Brown were starting up. They were quite new. Yeah. They were the guys who work with Namshi, and Namshi was also starting up. So even the startup culture was slowly rising over here. Okay. The tech culture was slowly rising over here. So. People were starting a conversation about future forward and innovation. They cut the wave almost. I was like, okay, I'm listening to these guys, but it really feels like it's, you know, it's a design thinking module that I'm listening to. So Mm. it really feels like we are already automatically aligned.
0: Mm.
1: But I was like, I need to start slow. Why slow? because i had to pace myself it felt like even though i had decided that okay now i'm going to start my own thing you know when you have this is process which is called the five whys Mm -hmm. right where you actually come up with a clear Statement plan of action, which is your compass. It anchors you down. And
0: you ask why? Yeah. Times, so
1: the first why there. was already killing me, right? <laughs> I was like, why do I want to start my own business? And I was like, because I'm stubborn, I'm angry, I'm pissed off. No, 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 I can't say that to anyone, <laughs> you know. Like, so it was just like, shit. This is going to take longer than expected.
0: Yeah.
1: Sneakily, I was trying to apply for jobs as well. I was like, okay. maybe, you know. And I was getting some interesting exposures. IBM was looking for, IBM was starting IX at that time, which is the experience design agency under IBM Mm. over here. I'm like, this is exciting. What is experience design? Mm. You know? And it was more of a digital front. Luckily I had done projects with Nike and Microsoft, interacted with the global creative agencies as well. So I'm like, okay, this is something I can go with. But again, it came it was weird. So I would get excited to apply for it, to sell myself. But when I would go into the interview, I would already be like, I don't want to come here. Oh, interesting. Did this like three times with reputed uh, brands. And I would come back home, I'm like, but I actually like presenting myself and packaging my work.
0: Mm.
1: Okay, you know, like, this is interesting. But I don't want to interview because I know I have to end up working for them. Right. I was like, no, this is interesting. I want to try this out a bit. So I shifted the way I actually positioned myself as a freelancer. I was like, I can freelance and consult and strategize, too. And I would say this to creative agencies over here.
0: Yeah.
1: And they'd be like, what? No, 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 we just, we just need logos made. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Like, no, no, we just need a very good designer. And you look like you know the skills. I was like, no, but I want to meet with the client and understand <coughs> the why and why do they want this? And what's the story behind it? Uh, Started, you know, adding topical conversations from what I was doing from Sao Paulo. And I could see they were not understanding why I was even asking for those things. They're like, does this mean that you wanna hike your salary? I'm like, it's nothing to do with the salary. (laughs) Stop with the salary already.
0: Hey y'all, we're halfway there. Thank you for supporting our community. Please be sure to follow us and comment on Instagram at creative underscore bunch underscore txb back to richie
1: so slowly the awareness reached 100 clarity Mm. and i realized okay now i enjoy presenting myself i love pitching i love you know putting together work i love narrating the story behind me behind my inspiration behind my ambition behind what i want to do Uh, around the potential prospect. I mean, this is exciting. Uh, Then I looked up podcasts Mm. abroad. Stefan Sigmeister was one of my inspiring individuals, how he wanted to uh, record, no, design for record labels, but he was like, you know, screw this, I'm going to start my own thing and design fun things. Something that I can stand by. Okay. Like even if it fails, I stand by it, yeah. and I love that model. Mm. You know, I love that committed sort of nature, because once you have dealt with it through and through, then you will still be standing up upright. You'll still be smiling. You'll still yeah. be like on to the next one.
0: Right. right. You know,
1: and there was something so uplifting and lightening about that. Mm. That idea of this is why I do not want to work for someone else anymore mm. because I want to be part of every puzzle that comes together
0: you'd rather work with
1: I'd rather work and I'd rather expose myself to different people yeah. um, I think that is more inspiring because that's where the story comes expose myself to new conversations anyone who reaches out even till date anyone who says I want to meet up for this I say yes mm. I definitely make up an hour a day for anyone who wants to just have a chat.
0: It's amazing.
1: Because that's where you learn. And I think the student element always helps in being an entrepreneur. Mm. Because you can't ever think that you know it all. You can't ever think. Right. Such an ever-evolving world now. So many things are changing. Uh, who has the market ownership? We do not know tomorrow what is going to crash and fail. But that's the thrill of it, right? Mm. Uh, Understanding that design is not just this pretty little tangible product, but it's everything that leads up to that, which you're not exposed to as an employee.
0: Right, right. You're exposed to portions of it, very small, sort of siloed parts.
1: Yes, you're a specialist, but as an entrepreneur, you're more of a generalist.
0: Do you believe your sort of growth mindset contributed to and, and your thirst for knowledge and learning contributed to the journey a lot more than it would have if you had been earlier in the journey?
1: When yes. you felt safer? I, I think all of whatever has happened and how my career graph has been, the time when I did decide and the time when Oil Climate I did start, it started at the perfect time. Hmm. I mean, even when I look at it back then, and I see my other peers.
0: Do you say it started at the perfect time, in hindsight, or even?
1: Yeah, or yeah Both, you that both then ways as well. No, 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 I still agree to that. Okay. Like I would not have wanted to start our lab earlier.
0: Okay.
1: Because I needed to break illusions, uh, you know. Personal. Personal, professional. Okay. Uh, because you're not allowed to look at the big picture. You you just focus on what's right there in front of you and you do not know what your potential is and how uh, promising it can be. You you sort of live with it mm. and you feel like the best way to grow up is to change the environment, you know. Quit and get hired in a new agency and quit yeah. and get hired. Too. I've seen my friends do that uh, and it seems to work with them but it cannot work with me because I there needs to be some form of consistency somewhere. Mm. And if you're not getting it, you just need to step out of it. And luckily, even the mindset at that point, because a lot of startup culture was growing too, that people were focusing on independent conversations, independent mindsets, independent cultures, freelancing was showing some prominence. and. You know that was more appealing because I could even control the diversity of projects. As a designer, you can't control what comes your way.
0: Mm.
1: That's it. You have to do your best. But I think Put yourself
0: out there. Yeah, yeah,
1: but when it's just you, as an entrepreneur, you're kind of deciding, making the decisions. And if you make the decision that I need to do this because I need the money coming in, it's a decision that you have made.
0: Right. Right.
1: And you understand why. Right. So you can live with it
0: you sort of have to yeah 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 you need to follow through yeah right that's amazing okay where do you think um, the the future of sort of independent studios or freelancers is in the region
1: see the the two ways of looking at this one is one is at the policy level okay the federal government actually acknowledges a real estate structure that favors the growth of independent, professional independent entities, either organizations or individuals. Uh, At the moment, if it's just co-working spaces, but let's say you want to work by yourself, you need that quiet space, maybe. Uh, That is just how you are. You can't afford it. Mm. Uh, Or let's say the skill set you have only caters to large organizations, trade licenses prevent you from working with them.
0: I see.
1: Right? Yeah. So at, at a policy level, they need to get those options open, which they have now with the freelance, freelancer license, which ha- happened quite recently. recently. Yeah. But over the years of time, uh, yeah, I think three years with Orikami Lab, I realized that uh, it's quite tough to grow significantly when you have real estate and licensing limiting you, you have to end up latching on to an agency to get the work you want. Okay. Uh, second thing is uh, breaking down competition mm. and focusing more on collaboration. What we, re- we realized, my partner and I at Our Economy Lab, was that what we had started then probably only two other companies were doing it. Okay. Uh, one was Injun, so yeah. Angus was there. Yeah. And second one, uh, I think it was called something 8, they were based on d 3. Okay. Um, not many people were even focusing on service design,
0: okay.
1: or experience design, or customer-focused research that much. So we realized that we need to spend more time educating our clients as to why they need it right. before even proposing our services to them. Uh, which got us to realize that oh wait, while we're educating them they're actually going to agencies abroad or going to agencies that have the you know, their backs sorted. they have a branch in the UK or structure,
0: yeah.
1: But one thing that differentiated us was a key expertise in the regional knowledge that we had and we exposed to all the different demographics So we realized that we need to position ourselves as an agency or Kami lab Mm. and then two key experts, so me in design and my partner Hathain in technology. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And what we ended up doing is actually offering our services to agencies who would traditionally be our competitors, but helping them in their projects. Because again, it's still knowledge along with infrastructure right. without the knowledge you can't grow right. and once you do tap into that your validation grows too because then you can say yes i have worked with that client in this project but not with Orikami lab because the client looks at two companies so you have to break it apart mm. and work as individuals so the whole role of freelancers consultancies and an agency model i think it's going to dilute a bit
0: oh, Okay.
1: Uh, I'm not sure how in a policy level how, how much it would legalize that, but I think that is what it is leading to because...
0: Out of necessity.
1: Yeah, out of necessity. I mean, there's, there's so many um, innovative oriented individuals popping up faster than the brands who need them mm. in the market over here that I feel like everyone would need to kind of come together so that all of them can grow. Because by the end of it, there is an opportunity for everyone. Yeah. But competition just wastes time and money.
0: Yeah. So shifting from a culture of scarcity to um, a culture where sharing and collaboration create value for your clients and yourselves.
1: Yeah, I mean, because if individuals say that we believe in quality and the best service comes to the market, then yeah, then you guys need to work together, right, then there has to right. be no issue about competition right. because then what matches is the result of it not who who is there in the team and the political tension behind it, you mm. know. Uh, yeah, I mean, that is what's next.
0: Do you think this but is unique to the field of design? The need to come together and collaborate?
1: No, not really. Oh. because. We actually have our own service network, Uh, we have individuals who can turn plastic into denim, retail designers, we have uh, people who specialize in machine learning, people who have uh, saved seeds that were almost going to extinct for farming, Uh, and all of these are part of large corporations but they give out their knowledge for projects that need needed, that are mm. relevant to them. Mm. So this is not isolated to just design. It's uh, it's something that is going to yeah. spread out across the world because it, time is more expensive than the individual. You know, where the world is coming to, and what's happening environmentally and politically in the tensions, people need to come together faster than ever.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is that. what's crucial mm.
1: uh, You know, if, if an agriculture brand comes to us and says we need a reposition in the market, we need to get all the stakeholders involved in it right. Even uh, who are not just the employees, who are not just the service providers or the uh, ones who come up with the solutions or the right problems, we need to get other key experts involved who will have an indirect impact anyways on right. the solution, so I think even designers need to think bigger about their role uh, it's, it's always been either or that oh you know I'm a facilitator I'm going to just do this two week course online get a certificate and start <laughs> facilitating workshops <laughs> look at me I'm yeah. amazing no it's about you have the idea how do you apply it how yeah. do you test it it has to be both theoretical and application mm-hmm. uh, and designers need to realize that now
0: where are some spaces that they could be the earlier part of your journey where you freelance through the network that your parents were a part of. Where are similar spaces that people could go to here in Dubai currently?
1: Uh, to expose themselves to potential clients. Yeah. Well, wow, that's. Even I would like to know that. I was lucky that. <laughs> see, I was lucky that way because, since I was raised over here, my friend circle is also quite big. Mm. Uh, If you look at the Creative Bunch group, that itself has been so productive, Mm. plus and plus and plus and plus. In my life, I tend to get more opportunities. I can't, I mean, I would even love to learn how it is for someone who has to start from scratch. Mm. What I did when I started freelancing, which is ridiculous, was look at the online version of the Yellow Pages book over here.
0: Okay. Which is?
1: I don't even know what it is called. I can <laughs> probably share that link with you. Okay. And I would, I would even call owners of cement plants. Wow. They, they need catalogs and books and reports, okay. right? And just expose myself. Yeah, to call them, email them, follow Wait, up. How
0: did you get to that thought? Was, was, I was this desperate. part of your okay
1: desperation? That got to do it now. Was actually
0: like, like drawing a massive mind map? Is that what was happening? Yes, I okay.
1: was like, you know. And at that time my husband was a financial advisor so I could see him cold calling to okay. get opportunities. Oh. And then we tried try cold calling as a designer. Yeah. Learning by That's observation. Cool. Yeah, and see it's again individuals, right? Mm-hmm. The more individuals you're exposed to right. the more you can take from them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because you have to realise that sometimes your own methods applied again and again kind of wears out. Yeah. Expires. You need to try something new. So it was more like looking at the classifieds. There's actually company directories in UAE, where companies are listed. If you go to Media City, you can get the directory for the companies listed over there in Silicon Oasis. That's an amazing tip. Yeah. So you can see the company detail, even sometimes the name and the number, or generic email address. Okay. And I think that's the first step in. Probably look at the company on LinkedIn, uh, get LinkedIn Premium, so you can get the pitch navigator mm-hmm. and uh, look at the employees in that company Pitch
0: navigator what is that uh, not it that we're selling sales navigator, sales, sorry, navigator sales, sales navigator okay
1: uh, basically what it does is that you tell them that i want to look for people of this, and this position and they match make you hmm. with candidates within the region close to your location okay uh, which is amazing so let's say i found this company called abc llc right and I tagged them up on LinkedIn. Then I see the employees listed over there and I was like, okay, I'm a creative, so I need to speak to someone in marketing. But maybe I want to speak to the decision maker because the executives, wow. they need to go to them too. Mm-hmm. So I should go to the head guy anyways. Okay. I go to the head guy and I probably sent him an email or I sent him a LinkedIn message. And he obviously he don't at my LinkedIn profile. So you need to make sure all of your best clients are listed over there testimonials yeah. uh, your specialties the best you know, when you speak to the head honchos they probably have five seconds right. so they need to look at keywords what you're good at mm-hmm. who has benefited from it mm-hmm. and any validations so testimonials those three key things have to be there Amazing. so whatever message you send is an add on to your profile it's not a repetition because mm. it should not be redundant okay. and you tell them exactly what you can do for them
0: how many sentences do you use?
1: No, three sentences. Max. So one paragraph, that's okay. it. Okay. It can't be so long. I know because even we would get messages too from auditing guys, insurance guys. Mm. And those are guys you're not interested in. So you probably read like two sentences. You're like, ah, I'm done. <laughs> and they just move on. So I was like, okay, I have to position myself as like those irritating guys too mm. and limit my words and make it as strong as ever. And you probably do this to like 20 different individuals every day. Probably go up to 100. Yeah. And maybe five of them will come back to you. Right, right. I mean, that's how it kind of starts.
0: Yeah. It's a numbers game, but you have to be effective. It's a
1: numbers numbers game. Don't be bogged down. Uh, If you're doing it yourself, if you're a self starter, you need to embrace failure.
0: Hmm.
1: You need to celebrate it as much as the wins.
0: You need to celebrate the failure as much as the wins.
1: That's the attitude you should have. No one can break you down then. Yeah. If you're as unfazed, that's it.
0: That's an interesting sort of paradigm shift to make for yourself.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. If you're so consistent, like so fixed and so centered, then there is no bad news. Hmm. It's just a challenge coming away. Remove the ego, okay. Yeah, remove the ego. Oh, you see, you go the right <laughs> way. Oh, God, that's such a big one, that, too.
0: That's okay. I mean, you developed it for a reason. Yeah, it's working. yeah, working. That's amazing. Okay, cool. So, I know we covered, we covered a lot. Um, I wonder, so, in the context of individuals who want to leave their job, they're not sure. What I'm hearing is it helps to have a safety net Um, if you don't have one it's it helps to start thinking of creating one for yourself
1: yes when you have decided while you're working for that employer that I'm not happy as soon as you say that Mm. it's when you start making the plan okay because you're still getting the last and I would say then only resign six months later. So you have six months of salary coming in yep. and then you spend it cautiously. And I'm saying it to people who might not have families here.
0: Okay,
1: you know, My husband was working,
0: yeah.
1: so we had some money coming in. His parents were here, my parents were here, my brother was working too. Worst case scenario, we could use them. But the people who don't have that facility, they do need to think well in advance. Right. right. Uh, because they, then the attitude won't be uh, out of scarcity of time, that yeah. they make impulsive decisions that backfire. One thing you need to know as an entrepreneur, especially a new one, that some of the decisions you make will be very big and bad ones. Mm. Right? But you need to live with it.
0: Mm. But
1: it's so different to live with it when you uh, you understand that the financial damage is not that much. Because see, that's tangible and that's measurable. Right. You always look at, the money in the bank to understand how bad that decision has been. Yeah, nothing else can evaluate it for you. So, if you are thinking of leaving the job and starting something out for yourself, maybe reach out to the network you have. You know, because you need to understand what are the market opportunities.
0: Mm.
1: Maybe uh, work with another entrepreneur so you can get exposed to that culture and that climate. Yeah, because. I mean, I remember coming from a corporate culture in the uh, regional makeup brand, going to a startup advertising agency, that threw me off my game mm. because everything has to be done on your own. You're a self-starter. You have to take ownership. The timings are crazy because you're, you're doing multiple roles, but no one, you can't wait for someone to tell you that.
0: Right. Yeah. You
1: need to just end up realizing yeah. that that is what is expected of you and that switch the speed of it, it can differ from person to person. Mm. Now, in this current time, I'm sure those individuals are exposed to so many entrepreneurs, mentors. I mean, they can even go visit uh, co-working spaces, co-creation labs, yeah. speak to the operations manager, the office manager over there, because those guys are exposed to this. They have seen the failures and successes. Mm. They can guide you. Right while you're still working i think doing that research
0: up front yeah Yeah. amazing okay great thank you um a lot for me to digest it's um, uh, this is amazing i didn't even have to say much which i love Um. (laughs) hey y'all thank you for listening to our first episode we hope to continue to share the stories challenges and tips from our beloved community Follow us and let us know what you thought on Instagram at creative underscore bunch underscore dxb. I'm Muhammad Ali, and that was Richie of Ore Clamulab. Till next time.